My name is Paul Harvey, and you are listening to Life, Passion and Business, a podcast born out of my desire to find greater meaning in life at the time when I thought there was none. Since that day, I have spoken to hundreds of people, and what I have discovered is that our story is everything. Because what we do, feel, or experience is based on the stories that we tell ourselves. It's time to explore what it means to live a good life. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better place? I had very little self-esteem. I basically hated myself. I was struggling with anxiety and depression. I abused alcohol. Ever since I was a kid, I have battled with um, flipping back and forth between wanting to live and wanting to die. I have heard it said that for most people, 50% of our battles have been won before we got here. And it is hard to appreciate what some people go through until you hear stories in the media or on podcasts like mine. My conversation today is a story of trauma, forgiveness and healing. It has a happy ending, but wow, the journey to get there was hard. Wendy Haggett was born on a wooden fishing boat in Hawaii, the third unwanted child to a low-income family. She was adopted within weeks, but it was an unstable relationship and her adoptive parents divorced while she was still in nappies. She was brought up by her adopted father in a single parent family and these were some of the happiest memories of her life. Her grandmother became a pivotal figure in her young life and that relationship would become significant later. The family moved around a lot for economic reasons and while it was a loving childhood it was not always happy, particularly after her father remarried when she was seven. Sadly her stepmom was quite abusive and after three years she was shipped across the country to a religious commune which was also abusive. Rejected by her family again, she could see no end to this misery and she tried to take her life. She was 10. It was the first of many times that she would consider ending it all. Now she says to me, I felt like a disposable child, like God's biggest mistake. That low self-esteem convinced her she was not good enough for a college education, so she found her own way forward. Wendy worked in the airline industry. She moved on to become a special ed education assistant. She was always interested in writing and became a copywriter. She had children along the way and vowed to be the best mother she could. However, her past would not go away and she was always living a life with unresolved trauma. It was a copywriting conference in Las Vegas that changed it all. She met her soul sister, a woman who became a dear friend and kick-started the healing journey. Our conversation is about that transformation. It's about releasing the fear, anger and frustration of the past, moving through her pain and discovering her true I am. It led to the writing of a book and the finding of her platform to share the story. She became a multidisciplined coach and supports others in their journey through trauma and emotional suffering. Her childhood dreams were to be a teacher or a nurse, and while she became neither, She is both teaching and caring for people as a coach and a healer. She's also the proud grandmother of four little angels. Let's join the conversation with Wendy Lee Haggett. So look, this is life, passion and business. And we are all about the journey that we take on this mysterious mysterious adventure that we call life. Where did it all begin for you? This mysterious life began for me um, 58 years ago, uh, back in a a wooden 
sailboat in, in Hawaii. And it led me from there to the mainland of the USA. <clears throat> Excuse me, I lived in different places in, in the US. Uh, my dad was, my dad who adopted me, uh, he was in the military. And so we went to Tennessee and then to California and Washington state. And from there I moved to Utah, Hawaii and back to Washington. I, I, one of the things I learned is to, to never say never. Now the military uh, family, I guess, you get used to new, new, new locations and new kids. <laughs> well, you know, you would think so. The, the, the thing with that is my dad, even though he was in the military, he actually ended up um, uh, not re-enlisting because he ended up becoming a single parent of me. I was his only child. Mm-hmm. And we just, we moved for um, economic reasons mm-hmm. and to be w- with family. And then, uh, uh, yeah, as, as an adult, you know, what my dream was to move back to Hawaii where I was born. And mm-hmm. I finally got to do that. So I would never, ever leave there, never move back to Washington state where I grew up. And here I am. <laughs> well, there we are. So where did it take you? I mean, so you traveled around a lot. What was the journey for you? What did you, how did you, I mean, did you go to college and that sort of stuff? Actually, no, I did not go to college. I went to the School of Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. And I also, and actually what I did is I invested in myself and my healing. Uh, I used to believe that I wasn't smart enough to go to college and therefore I did not pursue it. I started off, you know, did, did different things, worked for the airlines and um, then went into, I was a, a special ed business, or excuse me, a special ed um, teacher's aide. And from there, my journey transferred over to what I'm doing now, which is uh, a holistic healing facilitator and a life coach. It's kind of a big leap from the, the corporate world to the, the self-help world. Mm. And um, it was an amazing journey. And it was one that I would do all over. I do it all, all over again. So it got me to where I am today. What did you want to be when you grew up? Did you have any thoughts as a child? I did. I always wanted to be a teacher and a school teacher, or excuse me, a teacher and, and a nurse. And I used to get my, my dolls and my stuffed animals, and I would pretend to be their teacher. I would set up the curriculum. I would put them in my closet and I take role, you know, teach them whatever the subject of the day was. And wow. uh, I was always nursing things too. And I did not become a teacher. I became a teacher's aide for just over four years. And, and my teacher that I worked with, she strongly encouraged me to become a teacher. And I said, there is no way I'm going to become a teacher because I got to see the workings of what teachers do. And my goodness, I have the utmost respect for teachers because what they go through is unbelievable. And I did not, of course, become a nurse, but I did go down the holistic healing path. And I do help people to ignite the healer within them so that they can heal themselves. And mm-hmm. I, I learned how to heal myself. So what was that journey? I mean, how did you get there? I mean, what, what was the, honestly, you've, the transition between working for corporate and going into the healing in this space? There must, there's, always, there's always a story behind that transition. <laughs> yes, actually there was. Uh, another thing that, I, that uh, I'll just throw in here too is I've always liked to write. And I was doing some copywriting for small businesses for a while. And I went to Las Vegas to this um, event that was hosted by a famous copywriter. I, at, at his, this event, he had this woman speaker and she's talking about energy. And I was so drawn to this woman as I'm reading the sales copy, which is fantastic sales copy, by the way, just sucked me right in. So, you know, he was a really good um, copywriter. And, but I kept focusing on this woman 
And so I go there and I meet this woman and she absolutely changed, helped to change my life. And I'm so honored to say that we became the best of friends were soul sisters. But the reason she was such a magnet for me is I was in such a bad state emotionally and physically. I had pretty much, I had very little self-esteem. I basically hated myself. I was struggling with anxiety and depression. I abused alcohol. Ever since I was a kid, I have battled with um, flipping back and forth between wanting to live and wanting to die. When I was 10, actually, was, the, was the, I can say that the one time that I actually tried to kill myself and thank goodness it didn't work. But this woman, she was just like this life preserver. And she introduced me to energy healing. And that opened up this whole new pathway for me. And I'll tell you, I was absolutely terrified. Uh, I had gone to therapy for a while. And ther talk therapy is wonderful uh, to a degree. And for myself, I needed something deeper. I needed help on the heart level. I needed help on the soul level. And what that, that journey into to Las Vegas uh, totally changed my life when I met my, my new soul sister. And uh, so, yeah, that, 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 that changed the course. And once I got into that healing, the holistic healing avenue, I, it, it was just like, I don't even know how to describe it other than it was almost like this feeding frenzy inside of me. It's like, I couldn't stop. And I just kept going and going and going and learning different modalities and healing more of myself. And as I started to heal myself, people, first of all, people have always come to me. People have come to me for, for, to, to cry on my shoulder, to ask for advice. Not that they took it, you know, because <laughs> people would go, I you know, give them some, some advice, some suggestions, and they wouldn't listen to me. They go to a therapist and then pay for a therapist and come back to me. Oh, guess what my therapist told me. And I said, you know what, guess what? I told you that for free. So it was really great is I got to learn all this information, all this wisdom and started marketing myself and helping people transform, make a ma major transformation in their life that mm. I did. I did a complete 180 with my life. So can I, can I go back to that 10 year old? Because to, to, to say you tried to kill yourself when you were 10 is a pretty rocky, you know, pretty uh, like impactful statement. I mean, what, what got you there? Was it just your, your, your life at the time? Was it moving around? What, what was it that made you feel so, so bereft? It was uh, my life up to that time, absolutely starting <laughs> at, at the very beginning. You know, I said, you know, start, life started off in a, a wooden cell, or actually it was a fishing boat in Hawaii. That was with my biological parents. Mm. And they, they put me up for adoption when I was just a few weeks old. I was an accident. Um, I was child number three. And my, parent, my birth parents were very poor. Mm. My biological father was a, a raging alcoholic. Mm. He did not want me and made that very, very clear. In fact, mm. as an adult, he looked at me in the eye. I, I um, kind of a, a long story, but I, I know my my biological parent. He looked me in the eye and said, "Had I not been put up for adoption, not sent away, things would have been very, very different for me." Mm. Um, and so, there's a lot of trauma that starts early. Mm. Trauma starts actually can start at conception and build in the womb, and birth and beyond do you know and there's a there's a there's a paper i read i didn't read the paper but i heard about it 
There was a point, um, I think it's, there's a, a group of children in, I think it might be Holland or that, uh, that area, where, who were in the third trimester just before the country fell to the Nazis' invasion, and they knew the Nazis were coming. And a lot of those children have got um, severe mental problems going forward in life because the mothers yeah. were pushing into them as they, were, as they were in their third trimester. Yeah. The mothers were going through trauma, and they yeah. were putting the trauma into the babies yes. in their Absolutely. bellies. Absolutely. And there's a lot of scientific data backing that mm. up. Absolutely. So for myself, yes, I was absorbing the trauma in my home. Mm. And then when I went to move in with my new family, my new mother was not really cut out to be a mother. Oh. I was more like a doll, I guess okay. uh, you could say. And when she got tired of that, uh, actually she and my new father ended up divorcing when I was a year and a half old and my new father got um, sole custody of me. And he was a single father and or, yeah, single parent until I was seven. And, uh, you know, we moved around a lot for economic reasons. Yeah. And it was actually, you know, some really, some of my fondest memories <clears throat> was when it was just me and my dad. And when I was seven, he married a woman and my new stepmother was young, not fit to be a mother. And, uh, she was not a nice person. She was mm. actually very abusive. And part of the deal was they, she had pressured my, my dad to send me away somewhere. She wanted to send me to boarding school, but we didn't have the money for boarding school. Cause she wanted me of course out of the house. Mm. So what my dad did is he bought me a one-way ticket, uh, halfway across the United States to live in a religious commune by my, you know, with people I had met them before, but the trauma of putting a 10 year old on a plane, there was an adult with me, not one of my parents. We went there. And when I realized that that was my new home, because my dad painted this picture, Oh, I go live on a farm, have a horse, you know, it's about mm. it. I'm like, yeah, this is my dream. So I got there and realized that my dream that, that wasn't there no. and I was there potentially forever mm. and my world shattered and okay. it was not a positive experience. It was actually, um, there were abuses that went, went on and just the trauma of once again, being sent away from my family. I felt like a disposable child. Mm. I already had it in me. I felt like God's biggest mistake when I was born. And to be, like I said, again, sent away, totally abandoned, felt completely betrayed. I honestly, Paul, did not know if I would ever see my family again. Wow. You yeah. have had one hell of a journey. I mean, just, <laughs> and you've done so well to be, to, to have gone through it and come out the other side. Thank you. It's, it was rough. I tell you. It was absolutely rough. And there were times that it came really close as an adult that I was going to cash it in because I just, yeah. I, I lost hope, you know, I would gain hope and I would lose it, gain it and, and lose <clears> it. And I have to credit the one, one other person that has been a major um, deciding factor for me to live. Mm. Of course this changed, but it was my oldest granddaughter. Mm. 
I chose to live when my oldest granddaughter was born because I was still going back and forth, even though I had been on my, my healing journey. This was after I had met my, my, my soul sister who helped guide me to my, my healing path. I still battled for such a long time with depression. And I came really, really close a couple of times. And I reminded myself that I made a commitment when my oldest granddaughter was born that I would be there for her. My grandmother was there for me because part of my childhood, when my dad and my adopted dad, he's, I call him my dad, when he and my adopted mother divorced, my grandmother went in front of the judge and said, I will help with this child. And I felt like I was carrying that, that, that gift forward when my first grandchild was born because she needed support. She needed her Grammy. So yeah, it, it hasn't been pretty, but I tell you what, hanging in there, finding that hope and hanging on to that hope makes it so worthwhile. I am happier and healthier than I ever knew possible. Paul, I have two beautiful children. I have four amazing grandchildren. I just mm. had a fourth grandchild born wow. um, a week ago, a That's week ago amazing. Tuesday. I mean, oh, had wow. I done myself in, none of this would be here. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And obviously you found, you, you found some happiness in yourself to have the children in the first place. So. Yes. Yes. I always felt in my heart that I needed to be a mom. That was like one of my destinies. Mm. And I got to be the mother that I always wanted. Mm. And I get to put that, I get to be the grandmother to my grandchildren that I had. Cause my grandma was, she was my rock. Um, it's, well, I, it's funny that one I noticed in my own, my son's left home now. He's 19 and left home. And, and I have an amazing bond with my son because I, I made a decision when, well, when he was two, he made a decision to leave London and move to Scotland so that I could be more actively involved in his upbringing as, as, a, as a stay-at-home father. So I started working from home. So I've had a long time with my son. But what I noticed when I talked to him about his childhood, he remembers very little of it. He remembers mm. he was loved and he remembers he had good times, but he doesn't remember the details unless I tell him. And so mm. what I've come to realise over the years is that being a parent is about exploring your own childhood again. It's about yeah. exploring that journey of childhood from the other side. Yes, absolutely. And what a <clears> gift <throat> to your son that you were able to stay home. That is wonderful. Yes. Well, I was only ever going to have one. So I recognize I better make, I better make the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I started late with children. We had, my, my son was only was born when I was 40. So, so it was like, you know, it was important that I, I stuck the course really. Oh, that's wonderful. So, you know, that, you say, I guess you tried talking therapies and you found an alternative with this, with this woman, this soul sister that you met. What was the difference in that therapy that you, that, that process that she took you through? The differences between the therapy and the holistic healing journey is the, the talk therapy, which is absolutely, you know, essential because people need to talk. We need to be heard. Hmm. And the, the therapist gave me some guidelines. She, I, she helped me to divorce, as we call it, divorce my stepmother. Hmm. And that was huge because I was terrified of that woman. Hmm. I don't know if you can imagine what it's like to still be an adult and be absolutely terrified of somebody. And it took all this. I, I needed someone to help prop me up to do that. And so she was wonderful with that. But there was still <laughs> so much 
inside of me. I had a tremendous amount of anger inside of me. And I didn't even realize that I had all this anger until I started opening up all like all these pockets, you know, it was, it was like pockets of pus, popping blisters. It was really <laughs> nasty. And so the, the biggest difference is with the holistic healing path that I took is how to heal my heart, my soul. And I was able to, on the deepest level, see life differently. And as crazy as this sounds, through the holistic process, I have been able to look back on my life. And instead of seeing as, oh, poor me, this happened to me, I get to see it as a gift. Everything that happened to me is a gift. Why is it a gift? Because it helped me to become the strong woman that I am today. Yes. It helped to build the wisdom that yes. I have. Yes. And it's given me a platform actually to, to speak, you know, like to, to people like to you and your audience yeah. saying, you know what, I understand your pain. I've been there, done that. And guess what? You just hang on a little bit longer. You're going to get through it. And life is so much better. You know, the hardest thing to realize, isn't it, is that life happens for us, not to us. That's right. That's exactly right. But it's, it is does say life happens the way it's meant to. And that's, yeah. and that's sometimes that is such a shit thing to have to try and accept. <laughs> I, yes, my, my girlfriend, and I have been talking about sometimes we have these really deep conversations where we'll say, what on earth are we thinking <laughs> you know, to, to set up a life like this? What on earth? But I mean, it is interesting because, I mean, I, 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 this is very topical for me because I, I did a short cast a couple of days ago. And I'm not going to go into too much detail here because obviously I've said it, but I recognized last week that I had zero compassion for someone online who had was talking about their life, that something pretty nasty happening in their life at the time. And it was a person that I knew when I was a child. And I realized that I was still holding a grudge against this person for something that he did to me when I was 12. Wow, that's powerful, Paul. You know, and I realized I need to forgive him. And I went through the process this week of forgiveness, looking at the, the five stages of forgiveness. And one thing I recognize about those events, because it's an event that kind of repeated itself throughout my life, it was my opportunity to be bigger than myself. And I chose not to. And part of the anger and frustration I've been holding all those years is that I didn't do anything about it. I accepted the pain and didn't push back. Uh -huh. Wow, what a beautiful gift that you gave to yourself and to your, your people. And forgiveness is so key. And that is something that on my healing journey, forgive my stepmother for what she did. No way. Are you kidding? And so it was a process. Mm. It was a choice. And when you understand that forgiveness is not saying what the other person did to you is okay. Forgiveness is for yourself. Yeah, it's, it's that let it's letting go of that. Yeah. Like you said, letting go of that anger yeah. and, and freeing yourself. And, um, I, I, I wrote my healing journey into a book form called Healing Your Soul in the Chaotic World to Find the Odds of um, uh, Sanity and Survival. And in the back of it, I have a, a workbook section. It's called the, the Secret Formula to Your Best Life Ever. And the very first section is forgiveness. Mm. The master know? of forgiveness was, was, was Nelson Mandela. He spent years in prison and he forgave yeah. everybody. I mean, I mean, he yeah. was the master of it. Uh, he, I don't think he said this, but he certainly made it famous. He said holding anger against someone is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. Yeah, it's exactly right. That's exactly what it does. Exactly. 
Yes. And you know who can be the hardest person of all to forgive? Who? Yourself. Oh, yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Because I, uh, I, I, I've been on a forgiveness journey this week, so I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're all doing the best we can, aren't we? Yes, we are. Even, even, even people who are being crap to us, they're doing the best they can with what they've got in the moment. Well, absolutely. And those people who are being crap to us, they give us such an opportunity to look at ourselves because if we're being triggered by people that are giving us crap, like you just experienced, you know, you did everything just right. You took and turned the lens within and say, okay, what is it about me? Because people are our mirrors. And what we see in other people is inside of us. And when we can look at somebody who's treating us like crap and see them with love and light, that is a huge step forward. And if we see them anything less than that, then we get to go in and say, oh, like you did, what is going on inside of me? And it's a growth opportunity. It is. Absolutely. It is a growth opportunity. It all, it's all a growth opportunity. Yes, it is. I mean, as, as, as you know, I think some people say you know, use everything for your growth, isn't it? isn't it? I think it might even be Tony Robbins, one of his saying, you know, every, everything is out there for you. Just use everything yeah. to, to grow as an edge. Yeah, absolutely. And when we can see it from that growth perspective, we stop being a victim mm. because it, it's very easy to, to be in victim mode. Poor me, poor me. I, yeah. I am guilty. I'm raising my hand. I used to be the biggest victim. Poor me, poor me, poor me, poor mm. me. This is what they did to me, you know, clear into my adulthood. But when I stopped being a victim and took responsibility for my part of what went on in life, and when other people start taking responsibility for their part, then you stop being a victim. And yes, everything is an opportunity for growth. So you healed yourself. You went to this event and uh, you met your soul sister and she took you to on a new path. Where did that path lead you? That led me to meeting some of the most amazing cutting edge scientists and holistic healers. I have taken so many healing courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, because, you know, I'm always after what is the, the least oh, You painful. became a workshop junkie. <laughs> yes, and I apply it, you know. That's the, that's uh, the difference, isn't it? Workshop junkies yes. just do one after the other and don't apply it. You actually went out and, and did the work. Oh, I apply all of it. And because of that, I've created this massive toolbox. So when clients come to me, it's not cookie cutter. It's like, okay, this person can, you know, can benefit from this. And this person can do this and do this. So yeah, so that that path, it's been very colorful. I have invested tens of thousands of dollars in my education and in myself. And I've learned things that I never would have gotten from a college degree. So mm. I actually had to go through a point where I had to forgive myself for thinking that I wasn't smart enough to go to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so just redefined my higher education. What did you, how did you fundle this? Cause I mean, obviously, you know, did you, what, what were you doing? <laughs> what work were you doing while you were doing all of this? Um, I was a little bit of a scrapper. Uh, I, I used to uh, make jewelry and sold jewelry for a while. Yeah. Uh, bodacious beads, dare to bead someone. Uh, I also uh, continued doing some copywriting for small businesses for a while. And then when I was a, a special ed teacher's aide, almost all of my paycheck every month went back into investing in me. And so that's, that's it's just, and sometimes money just shows up in mysterious ways. Um, you know, it's like, I, I, don't I find money. when you're on the path, that happens, isn't it really? When yeah, you're on the yeah. path, the universe opens a door for you. 
It, it does, because there have been times like, oh, I need, I want to, I'm called to this training. This sounds so cool. And I know that it can help me with this and this, because not all modalities help you with everything. That's something that I found. And so it's like, I just put that intention out there. I want to do this and it happens. It all comes together. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So you wrote, a, you wrote a book. How long was the When did the book come out? It came out in December 2015. Oh, right. A while ago now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. what happened when the book came out? Did it change your life? <laughs> yeah. I can, so can I tell you a funny story about that? Yeah, go on. Uh, so I wrote my book and it was really, it was, it was a challenge. Yeah. It was a challenge to write because um, there were some things, first of all, I did not want to put in my book. And my sister, which I, you know, I mentioned before that, you know, I, I know my bio- biological family, my sister, we've, we've been very close over the years. We met when we were, I, we were teenagers. She's like, Wendy, you need to put this and this and this in your book. And it's like, I don't want to because it was so vulnerable mm. and it was very painful. And she's like, you know, you need to do it. So what was happening as I was writing my book is I would be triggered and I wouldn't be able to write until I went in and healed that part of my life. Then oh, wow. I could talk about it. And even at that point, I wasn't able to, some of the events, I wasn't able to completely heal all the way, but I could heal enough that I could share it because in my book, it's, you know, it's written in, in current times, so the reader's going through the journey with me, mm-hmm. and I'm very raw and very vulnerable, and just put myself out there on the line. And the good news is, is it has a happy ending, right? Uh, so after I got my book written, I decided I'm not going to publish this. There was no way in the world I am going to put myself out there and you know risk being humiliated or judged or anything like mm-hmm. that. And through this process, uh, and, you know, this kind of, you know, bittersweet, but my first husband and I divorced and I swore up and down, I would never, ever, ever, ever go onto a dating site. And there was, for some reason, there was this call in my, my soul said, go on this dating site. And I kind of resisted it. But it's like, okay, I'll go on there. And I put on my profile, my photo, and then I found out why I didn't should be on a dating site because there's all kinds of crazy people out there. But there was this one person that stuck out to me. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is it about this man? I have to meet this man. And so we arranged to meet. And I was living in Honolulu then. And I was living downtown. And our meeting place was on the other side of Oahu. And I didn't have a car. So I took the bus. So I go over there and we meet at Whole Foods grocery store right away. We knew there was no way in the world we were a match, right? He was late, didn't like his energy. We were just not on the same level, but we had this fantastic conversation. And he says, so what do you do? And I told him, because at that time I was going around different places on the island and speaking. Mm. And, and he says, well, this is great. And I was talking about things like stress relief and, you know, your goals, dreams, and desires and things like that. And he goes, well, that's great. But Wendy, people want to hear your story. Like, huh? And so anyway, I got on the bus after a conversation on the way home. I, I said, I'm going to listen to what this stranger told me. He's, he's sure he's adamant that people want to hear my story. So I made the decision on the ride home that I was going to publish my book. Great. Right. Well, the, the next step was, is I needed some money because, you know, you have to have all these parts and, and moving mm. parts that go into putting a book out for publication. And I, at that time, I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. So I called um, a girlfriend of mine and told her about the whole event. And she says, oh, I'll loan you the money. 
and talk about things popping up, you know, when you don't have the money, but mm. when you're, like I said, you're on that path. So she loaned me the money and I published my book. I paid her back right away. And uh, the rest was history. At first, it was a little bit scary, but fortunately, I got over that fear right away because I got it got it through the understanding throughout my whole self that my book was no longer about me. Mm-hmm. And it was about you. Mm-hmm. It was about anybody who picks up that book mm-hmm. because anybody who picks up this book can relate to something, can relate to grief, to betrayal, to anxiety, you know, depression. There's something in there that anybody can relate to. And when I got out of myself, got out of my ego is what it was, got out of my ego and got into my heart. That's when it became, yes, it's okay if people do judge me. I don't really care anymore, thankfully. But that is not what's happened. When people have read my book, what they've told me is they've actually found healing in my book. They found the courage from reading my book. And that to me is priceless. And that's Mm. what it's all about. Sharing the journey, being that leader and saying, it's okay. I gotcha. You know, I understand Mm. you. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. And so that's obviously was quite a few years ago now. And, and you now have a practice, you now supporting people. How, how, what, what is it you do now? I am a holistic healing facilitator and yeah. uh, a life coach. You know, I have so many different coaching certifications. I call myself a lot of different things. And so what I do is um, I, I work with people to help them to heal their, their sadness, to yeah. heal their, their pain story, yeah. you know, because we all have a pain story and mm. um, <clears throat> just guide them. And uh, I do one-on-one. I'm starting a, a group program here that's going to be coming up i'm going to start offering it four times a year called minding your wellness and it's something i'm super super excited about it's going to be step one to working with me in a group way and then you know take people deeper and deeper as they want to evolve more Mm. Mm. so i mean my normal question i ask people is about what success means to them but you didn't ne- you never followed a success model you never had a success model to follow so how have you defined success throughout your life through happiness mm-hmm. through being healthier mm-hmm. through success to me is knowing that my children are well they're very amazing well-adjusted individuals so i find great success in that mm-hmm. hmm. yeah i mean we all have our own model for success and that's what yeah. I, and, and that's what's important that we do have a model in success because you know, the people that try and use someone else's model for success invariably end up unhappy so um because you're trying to work to someone else's agenda exactly like you said, yeah we all have our own and, you know, a lot of people find define success as money and money is fantastic. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, get to choose our own path. Mm, absolutely. How about contribution for you? Where do you see con- your contribution in the world? My contribution to the world, I feel, is being an example, mm. uh, being a voice, being a voice uh, for women and, and for men, because uh, I, I work with both. And giving people 
permission. Sometimes people need permission to be who they are, mm. to, to go down a, a, a different path. Um, contribution. I feel that I'm contributing by having a, a big role in the upbringing of my grandchildren. Uh, my granddaughters are the older ones, of course, since my grandson was just born, but I've been a very big part of their life. And they are the sweetest. I'm not saying this is because I'm the Grammy. They are the sweetest, kindest, most compassionate, considerate children that I have met. Wow. And I feel that my contribution was that because I taught my daughter how to be that way. And my, she's teaching her daughters how to be that way. And I'm there as a support. Hmm. Yeah. How do you contribute to yourself? Uh, that's a really great question. That is something that was, uh, this was a journey for me. And that is through self-love and through self-care, learning to put myself first. You know, they always, you know, the, the, the big analogy is on the airline, you know, put mm. your oxygen mask on first. That was a really tough lesson for me. And it's honestly, it's a daily practice. To, and I get to remind myself every day, take care of myself first. Even if it's for five minutes, focus on me. Yeah, that's the one thing I've come to realize over the years. You know, this life is my life and it's for me. Yeah, that's right. You know, you know it's not for the company I work for, the clients I work for. It's actually for me. That's right. Yeah. And so, and, and so you know, I, I, I do stuff for me first and then I do things for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's really kind of vital, really. Yeah, it's a fascinating. It's a common theme now. And I think people are starting to wake up to the importance of self-care. Yes, they are, fortunately. <laughs> and, and it's wonderful that there are people like you and I to remind people of that. And self-care is not hard. You know, we're taught that self-care, putting ourselves first is selfish, but it's not. Self-care is actually self-love. Mm. And they say, you know, you can't really love somebody else fully until you love yourself. So how can you really take care of somebody else the way, you know, you want to, unless you take care of yourself, because you can only give what you have. Even if it's just taking five minutes to drink a cup of tea on your own, appreciating yes. something. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know, yeah, just, just do something for yourself every day. That's, yeah. That's and, you know, one of the things that <laughs> uh, just a suggestion, if you don't do anything else for yourself every day, take just a moment uh, and just ground yourself and call back your energy that right there calling because our energy you know we're all energetic beings and we get scattered with all of our conversations and all things that we have to do and and television and the news and and the pandemic and everything and so we get so scattered and, and it drains our energy mm. so we would just if nothing else just seriously just close your eyes for just a moment you can't even do it before you get out of bed in the morning when your eyes are already closed so you're halfway there and just call back your energy. You can just pretend it's like, okay, I did it before this, this conversation. You know, I called my energy back from all these different areas. That I knew that my energy had been. So you can be fully present in the here and now. And that's when you really enjoy life is when you're present. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is the one question you want people to ask themselves or ask of you either way? There, you know, being a coach, I always have like a million questions and it's kind of hard to narrow it down to one, but perhaps let's start with this one. A good question for people to ask themselves is, do you understand 
that you are loved and that you matter. Mm. Uh, I can imagine the answer to that one would vary depending on where people are. That's right. And if it's anything less than, you know, yes, I understand that, then that's a great opportunity to look within and start loving yourself, start forgiving. You know, we've talked about all that and start going down your journey of knowing that you are loved and that you are matter, that you matter. Mm. So what would you say to people that have been kind of triggered by our conversation today? <coughs> you can take triggers. This is something that is kind of a big concept. Mm. And I'm going to say it anyway, triggers, when you can view a trigger as a gift, because a trigger is showing you that there's something inside that needs looking at. Mm -hmm. And if you just give yourself the grace to be willing to go in and look at that and to be willing to explore and to get help for it, whether it be through talk therapy, whether it be through reading a book, whether it be reaching out to me or someone like me and saying, Hey, I like a further conversation with this. Mm. Yeah. Good plan. Yeah, yeah. So who do you help and how can they get in touch with you? Well, naturally I want to help everybody, but, yeah, but you can't really. not everybody. Yeah. I can't. Right. So I, I work um, <coughs> mostly with women, uh, women that, are awakening and are ready to stand in their power and be the leader that that they are mm. you know women whether you're a, a wife um, a mother a grandmother women are are built leaders and we forget that and it's time to remember that and by being a strong leader is going within and healing your pain story and being standing there strong for your family strong for the world and being that light. And that brings my clients so much joy. It's just such a, such a, I just, whenever I have healing sessions with people, I just like, I don't know who's happier and <laughs> me or them. Like, you. Uh, but it's, it's, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I could go on forever about this. So no, you can. That's, that's <laughs> the point. This is your opportunity to tell me about what you do and who you do it for. So I'm, and, and I can see your face is lit up, lit up when you're having this conversation. So um, this is the happy bit for you. <laughs> yes, yes. This, this is my passion. Uh, absolutely helping, helping people to let go of their pain story and step into their joy, you know, to live a life of, of joy and that happiness and and just be who, who you were born to be. You know, we were all born beings of light and love. And we forget that through all of the crap of life mm. and going back and remembering who we really are and standing in that. And uh, I noticed I got so tied up and, and, and engaged in your story. I didn't actually ask you about passion for you, where, where it was <laughs> and where it went to. But what I can see is joining the dots up, you know, you, you, that, that caring aspect of the child looking after her dolls and teaching her dolls. It really has come. You know, you've come full circle, haven't you? You, you are yes. actually really are the teacher and the healer. Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I, no, go on. It is pretty interesting that how so much of us, uh, yeah, when we do look back, what, what did bring you joy? And that is absolutely your path. You know, you, you look at that and 
don't always realize that as adults. And it's not always there with people, but it's surprisingly, I mean, I've had over 200 conversations on this podcast and, uh-huh. and it's, and it's really interesting. I would say well over half, if not more than half, you know, more and more like 75% of people have a straight line from childhood yeah. to adulthood. Mm-hmm. That is very true. And I have two children and one was on the path from A to Z on the straight line. One was from A to Z on the zigzag line. Mm. And, you know, my, my son, he knew his passion right away, went into college, got you know, his bachelor's degree for that, graduated with honors. And my, my daughter who took the zigzaggy, um, bless her heart, she's just found her passion. And it was something she was afraid of, which is so cool. But she took this leap of faith in herself. And now she is starting to live her passion, which is mm. so exciting. That's amazing, isn't it? It's lovely. It's yes. Nice. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I I know the same. I'm watching my son is at college doing game, computer gaming, and you know you can see uh-huh. he starts talking about it, and you know, and you can see his eyes light up, and this yes. thing, and it's like, yeah. you know, you're on the path, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, how would people get in touch with you if they want to? People can get in touch with me by the email is uh, info at alignwithjoy.com, just mm-hmm. all one word. I have a website, which is um, alignwithjoy.com. Um, mm-hmm. I also have a, uh, a private Facebook group, mm-hmm. and it's uh, the Align with Joy Circle. Mm-hmm. I'm all, always welcoming in new people who like to come into a community. It's a safe place where I share my knowledge and uh, just, you know, we talk about all kinds of things in there to help empower you to be the best version of you and to live in joy, Mm. you know? And so anyway, those are probably the three best ways. Okay. Well, all those links will be available at the website, lifepassionandbusiness.com. So do check it out, do check it out there. So we get to our final question, um, which we ask all the guests because it's that kind of thing, you know, that what differentiates us from the world, really, from from the animals that are around us. What do you think is the meaning of life for you? The meaning of life for me is waking up, remembering who I really am. I see myself as a soul having a human experience and living in joy. Mm. Yes. Well, Wendy Baldwin-Haggart, thank you so much (laughs) for being here with me today and sharing your amazing journey with us. You certainly are a woman of courage and you certainly have shown that in terms of the journey that you've been on. And, you know, I'm so blessed to have heard this conversation with you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Paul. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. And back at you. You're doing wonderful things for the world. So thank you. Thank you. All the best. And that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Wendy Lee Haggett. As you will have heard on the show, Wendy has developed her own modalities to resolve and move on from trauma. It's all about aligning with joy. During our conversation, she said she was committed to investing in herself. And wow, she has numerous coaching accreditations. So if you'd like to connect with Wendy, you can find it at the website alignwithjoy.com. There's also a Facebook group, at the Align with Joy Circle. You can also find her book, Healing Your Soul in a Chaotic World, on Amazon. And as always, all of those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. 
Hopefully you have been following this podcast for a while and have explored the five questions for yourself. But if not, what's stopping you? You know, after hundreds of interviews, I can say with a hand on my heart that having answers to the questions about our passion, a picture of success, an awareness of contribution, thoughts around the one question and a sense of what it all means, that is the path to a good life. Now look, you don't need me to tell you that our world is changing faster than at any other time, certainly any time that I can remember. And we must be sure to know who we are and what we want out of this journey because we will not get it unless we choose it. So please give it some thought because you know your future depends on it. And if you'd like some help with that process, do check out the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com where you will find the five questions ebook and worksheets. Now this stuff is packed with exercises to help you on the journey towards self-discovery and it's at the amazing price of just 12.99. So do check that out at the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com. Now, finally, has this podcast been useful to you? If so, please consider giving us a five-star review on the app of your choosing. And of course, sharing it with a friend, because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts. And that's it from me until Sunday. As always, thank you so much for being here with me on this journey. I so appreciate your time and attention. I'll catch you next time. All the best.